Hi, this is the For the Love of Film podcast. I am the host, Scott David Chase. Today, I am joined by Nick Einstman. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> First try, too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was funny. I was I was looking at it, and I was like, because I don't think I had ever said your last name before. I had asked you how to say it before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was like, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, but... It's, oh. it's, it was pretty funny because the only time it's ever been butchered so badly that I've had to correct somebody was at my college graduation, and it was someone that I've had as a teacher for four for, years. Did, did they did they screw it up? Like, oh yeah, in class it was uh, no, 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 no. They uh, she, she had it down every day. Huh. <laughs> I wonder if it's just she just had to say so many names that it was that's, just like, that's what I'm thinking. You know, just stress, but and it's weird with names like when people because usually because with my other with the. Um, a real fake news podcast where often have to read names yes. that are not familiar to us and I've found that if you actually take the time and just kind of like look at it before you dive head in you can usually do an okay yeah, job yeah you, you get at least like 75% of it correct but know? if <laughs> like if people see like a bunch of letters together that don't aren't immediately familiar with them they're just like they, they I think they panic and then they just go for some like the closest word that has yeah. some of those letters yeah. in it. Um, anyway, so this is our inaugural uh, <laughs> tattooing talk, and I don't. Ooh, I, that's not bad. You know, I kind of uh, like it. It's. I don't. We'll see if if that if we stick with that name or not. Uh, but we we had been talking about doing a little little thing talking about all things Star Wars, um, and I thought it was appropriate because. Even though this is you know this is specifically a film podcast, I was a Star Wars fan before I was a film fan. Oh you know? yeah, oh um, yeah. So Nick also has a multimedia podcast, and yeah, I mean, what would you call? Right now, it's uh, it's mostly just a blog. We're uh, we're really trying to bang out where we want to go with the podcast. Um, the the blog is called uh, Wax Reels and Beans, and it's yeah. just me and the other guy that I work with at uh, my day job just. We drink a bunch of coffee. We share music with each other, and then we watch movies. Right. But uh, it's it's slowly starting to form into a podcast. There's a couple out where it's just me ranting about mm. movies that I had seen that week. <laughs> where where can people check those? Uh, yeah, if, if you go to. on to a uh, wax reels and beans at a dot tumblr dot com, you scroll down a couple scrolls, you'll see. Uh, I did one on Salem's Lot a couple, like a week or two ago. Right. Uh, I'm doing one on Ready Player One actually later on tonight, nice. so I'll have that up. And that's reels with two E's. Yes, yes, so kind of like a movie not, reel. Yeah, movie yeah. reel. So I, I only, I just sort of assume the the bare minimum. I don't know. I just turned that off because I'm going <laughs> to need to use that for reference. Uh, the I I just assume because there are certain words that I can't spell, so I'm just assuming if there's any question, I just, yeah, other you know, people have the same if thing. It's like yeah. a website or whatnot. So. Um, yeah, we had talk about, talked about doing some Star Wars stuff, and this is just sort of like a general thing. I mean, because, so you were born in 94. Yes. Um, which was the year I graduated high school, so. How does that know, make you feel? Oh, I'm old. It's, <laughs> I'm fine with it. But, so you, you know, five years after you were born was when. Phantom episode, Yeah. Yeah, Phantom Menace episode one came out. So you don't really, I mean. I'm curious, growing up, did you, in your mind, did you differentiate between the originals and oh, the yeah. prequels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I was telling you this earlier. Uh, I remember going to see episode uh, 
episode four mm-hmm. re-released when they uh, did all the re-releases back in 96. And, I mean, I was only two. Yeah. And the only scene I remember of that movie, <laughs> or at least in the theater, was uh, R2 and, and C-3PO yeah, on, the on, in the desert on Tatooine. But uh, I, I had the pleasure of growing up with older cousins who had grown up with the old, like the original trilogy. Right. And that's right. very much nailed into my head with that's no, that's, that's Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, so I have a. I, I might have. I might have told you this before or not, but so my first memory of seeing a movie in the theater was Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. um, and you know I was I was young. I was four and a half uh, when it came out, and me and my cousin, who's a year younger than me, were so excited that we were running up and down the aisles, and my uncle uh, had to take us out to the lobby to kind of cool down. Yeah. So. Ever since, you know, I saw them in the theaters, but what, what really kind of ingrained Star Wars in my mind was home video. And uh, so every time I watch The Empire Strikes Back on home video, mm-hmm. there's the scene where they're on Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. It starts in the little command pit and then yeah. looks up and you see the bounty hunter's feet first. And then one of the officers turns to the other and he says, bounty hunters, he says, we don't need that scum. Every time I saw it on home video, I'm like, what is this scene? Did they add a scene to it? And then it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago that I realized that was the scene that I, my uncle took us out to the lobby because, yeah, because you so were, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So every time I, even though I know now that that's what it is, every time I watch the movie, I'm like, oh, is that added? Well, it's, it's cool. And just to kind of dive into, at this point, Legends, I mean, you see Bosk's feet. You see, I mean, obviously, you obviously see uh, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Like you see his boots. And at the time, like, you really didn't know who those bounty hunters were and right. how much of a, a significant role most of them would play throughout the extended universe. Mm-hmm. And I think, at least for my generation, a lot of that became, like, that's what we knew what was canon because we had all... When I was born, we had all those books. Right, you know? right. But It was interesting because... I don't know if you've seen the original design for the Boba Fett costume. The like the all-white all one? All-white. Yeah. So, it's funny for... For those, for people who are familiar with the new newer movies that have come out, so Captain Phasma is almost sort of a throwback homage to Boba Fett because originally I Boba Fett was that. not going to be a bounty hunter; he was just supposed to be a lieutenant, like stormtrooper. Yeah, and because he was first supposed to be on Hoth, and he was supposed to be like in charge of the snowtroopers, so they wanted him to look different. To you know, yeah, to differentiate you know, for that um, he wasn't just a regular trooper. Yeah. That, but that whole plot line got cut early on before they had even started filming. There, there's a couple of like production shots of the all white boat with yeah. that. But so when they were doing the, you know, getting prepared to do the the bounty hunter scene, they just cobbled together like cool looking costumes. I mean, uh, for LOM or for LOM as I always called them when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a C three PO body with a different head and it's painted black. It's the exact same body as C three PO. Bosk is wearing uh, an X wing fighter pilot uniform that's painted yellow instead. of You know, it's funny. I would have never put two and two together yeah. until you said but that. But if you look at it, they're the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's and literally, IG eighty head is a coffee maker. Yep. It's just you know little stuff like that. I mean, like Luke's lightsaber is that flash bulb uh there's an old camera thing that held the flash on the side of the camera um like 
up until thrifting became like the new thing that like white people do to like yeah find the popular that. thing yeah yeah, like, yeah people used to be able to find that flash holder still and all you have to do is take the top off and you have like, a lightsaber they didn't, they didn't yeah. do anything to it yeah you have the lightsaber yeah you know <laughs> um, so so when they were doing it they they desperately needed uniforms um so they took this unused white stormtrooper and dirtied it up painted it green and and you know gave it like a a, a gray jumpsuit instead of a white one and that's how Boba Fett was born but Boba Fett is never called Boba Fett in the Empire Strikes no. Back because he was just referred to as Bounty Hunter because at that point like they didn't know which of the six were going to be the Bounty Hunter that yeah. ended up on Bespin and it simply came down to it was the one that was easiest for someone to move around in like walking around yeah. all the other ones basically they just stand in that one that's primary all they're able, exactly. able to do um, so that, I mean it's kind of funny how like one of the most iconic Star Wars characters it was basically by accident the thing that I find very funny too I mean if you look back at the original lines he only says as you wish like he has mm-hmm. no other lines mm-hmm. And everyone immediately, it's like, oh, Boba Fett's the most badass character in the right. galaxy. But if you look at, like, Han Solo's character before Greedo shot first, like, he's pretty much a douchebag. Like, right, right. <laughs> you know? Which which is actually a perfect segue into um, the new era of, you know, Disney Star Wars movie. Because in, in just over a month's time, Solo, a Star Wars story comes out. And I was... I was this weekend, I was recording another episode with my friend Bob, and I was talking about it, and I said, my biggest problem is, when we first meet Han Solo, he's only out for himself. Yep. He's, you know, he's, 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 he's a mercenary, basically. He'll work for whoever's willing to pay him. Um, so, which is fine, and through the original trilogy, we have the story arc. Yeah, and you see him develop yeah, into... Someone who yeah. cares about others, yep. and is not just out for himself. So... I feel like because Disney's making a movie based around him, so I don't think they're going to make a movie. I don't think he's going to be unlikable the whole movie. I think he's going to be like a normal guy, and then something happens to him to make him kind of jaded, and then you know we just have to assume for ten years he's like that. Yeah, know? I mean, I agree to an extent. I mean, every every trailer that you see for this movie, you hear, "I'm the best pilot," or "I want to be the best pilot," and right. it's just. That amount of sheer arrogance, I think you see early on in the original trilogy, and I think that's that's one of the things that we can relate to. It's like, oh, that yeah, that's Han. Like this right. is a younger Han. Right. But uh, I agree with you. I mean, Amelia Clark's character and him clearly are going to have some type of romance. I, I, yeah, I saw something the other day where she's holding his dice. You know, and I think that's going to boil down to, and I hate to say it, but something's going to happen to Amelia Clark. You sure. know. And it's gonna make him be that that hardened uh, mercenary and smuggler that we see in, in our new hope. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, of of the characters that are shown at, of like the crew, um, the only one that we know of that survives is Lando. <coughs> yeah. I mean, there might be more that survive, but obviously, they're not as big. I mean, I'm, I think it's probably a pretty much a foregone conclusion that Woody Harrelson's character is gonna die. He's, oh yeah. He's his mentor. Um, I mean, you know, I, it's the first of these new Star Wars movies that I'm not super excited for. And it's not so much that movie's fault. It's more The Last Jedi. Oh, fault. I, I completely agree. I don't know. I think 
it, unfortunately, I think what it boils down to is we as Star Wars fans, especially people that grew up watching the original trilogy, right. we have this set this set thing of what Star Wars is. And yeah, we're willing to work with change. I mean, you know what? Like, uh, The Force Awakens had a lot of di- way different like things were shot. Yes, storyline did borrow a lot from New mm-hmm. Hope, but it did kind of take to this is the first lead female Jedi or Jedi in training that we've right. seen. You know, and that was a huge change. And when you look at that, you have a lot of people that were very split. Say, oh, well, Ray's got to be a Skywalker. Ray's a Kenobi. And then you look at uh, Last Jedi, and it's nope, she's nobody. Right. Which is huge because it changes up that storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes up what we as Star Wars fans understand about the Force and kind of how not lineage but the fact that anybody can be a Jedi sure. you know, as long as you have that type of connection to the force that allegiance to the force sure makes sense well and it's and, and I actually don't have necessarily a problem with that and this is sort of, this, this this might be a stretch but the way I look at it is you know being a being a visual artist being an illustrator and a painter I you know people say to me from time to time oh wow you're so so gifted and and I and I don't really take offense to it, but the way I look at it is like, yes, there are certain people that are more artistically inclined than others, but like, I've only been doing what I really consider good work for the last 18 months or so. And I can absolutely attribute that to putting my focus into it. And like, I draw or paint almost every day. And like, I can see the, like, Basically, when I made the choice to apply myself, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of look at like being a Jedi or um, you know being one with the Force, uh, sort of that way, because obviously, like you know, the Skywalkers the Force is strong with them, but that doesn't automatically mean right away that you're a Jedi. I mean, Luke had to have training. Yeah, so, which you know. and I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that, but. Let, let's face it. Ray was on what planet did we find Luke on in, in last year? I've only seen it once. Octo. Okay, so we find Ray at Octo within the first ten minutes in the movie. Okay, and now there's no real basis of, except for the fact that there's a ship running out of gas. How long she's on that planet? Mm-hmm. She's. It's not like she was on Dagobah the same amount of time that Luke was on Dagobah mm-hmm. training with Yoda. You know, and, and you can. Yes, I understand. People are like people are gifted with the Force. But the fact that she was able to pick it up that quickly, I mean, it took Luke months to pick up an X-Wing. And before we know it, she's back on the planet with the rest of the Rebels, and she's lifting up hundreds of rocks. Mm. Or, you know, it's one of those things that I think is definitely possible in the universe, but I don't think that most fans were ready for that change. Sure. And I, I mean, one of the biggest things that I wondered, because... Obviously, um, uh, J.J. Abrams is coming back for episode nine, where that was not originally the plan. It was going to be somebody else. And But I also wonder if what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi deviated from what J.J. Uh, Abrams originally had planned for the characters, you know, for the for this new trilogy. I also don't know if, like, I don't know how, how much they had the entire arc planned out beforehand because I mean Lucas didn't have the original despite how much he's gone back since and said oh yeah I had the whole plan because you can see his original outline and it's yeah it's no very different oh yeah um 
So I don't know how much J.J. Abrams had in mind how the whole thing was going to go. I wonder if, I mean, I, and, and I know we'll never know because regardless if he loves it or hates it, he's going to toe the company line and say this yeah, is exactly, exactly what exactly we're, you know. Um, Which, it's funny that you say that uh, today I actually read an interview with Simon Pegg, who's a very good friend of J.J. Abrams, and he he, uh, he talked about how his uh, J.J.'s idea, original idea, was that Ray's parents weren't going to be no one. You know, at some point or another, they did have some kind of a tie back to the original. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, and in a, in a, it's one of those things that maybe we'll see something in episode nine where it's a... Ben or Kylo is really just messing with Ray. Sure, sure. But at the same time, you know, I I don't think that as I think there's a very large split in the Star Wars fan community, and I think that if they keep getting like played around with, and they're not seeing what they want to see, which mm-hmm. at the same time you're not going to in a movie because sure. you're the one making it. I I think we're going to see a very large decline in the fan base. I know quite a few people now that. They've seen Last Jedi once, and they haven't watched a Star Wars movie since. Hmm. And it's it's pretty much heartbreaking. <laughs> it's one of those things, I mean, because you and I were both not huge fans of The Last Jedi. I think, I think you disliked it even more than I did. Yeah. But I'm just sort of being tentative with it only because I remember as a kid how divided people were after The Empire Strikes Back. Um, because it's very different in tone than the first one. And there was nothing to compare it to, so I'm like, I'm really not going to know how I feel about The Last Jedi until episode nine has come out and I yeah. see sort of the through line. Um, it definitely surprised me in ways. It was, I mean, and again, you know, we're 17 minutes into this, but if you're listening to this and haven't seen any of the new ones. I mean, we're just sort of assuming you've seen all of the current Star Wars movies, so we're not intentionally going to spoil anything for you, but there will certainly be spoilers about Star Wars, so if you're trying to not have something spoiled, first of all, stop listening to this podcast and and go go watch them. Yeah, seriously. But don't get upset if we talk about it. So, uh, the, the biggest thing that I, for me, with The Last Jedi was we knew going into it that this was going to be Leia's last appearance in it. Yeah. So I didn't know if they were going to have her die on screen. And they sort of had an opportunity early on where they could have, with the, when the ship was attacked, would have been the perfect exit I, for her. I 100% agree. 100% uh, and, agree. And the reason that they didn't, Ryan Johnson didn't, was because, because Carrie Fisher was dead and she had already shot this stuff. Because they had other plans for, you know, the arc. Um, you know, she was supposed to play a significant yeah. part. Um and I really feel like they should have done some reshoots to accommodate that because I, while Leia didn't die on screen in this, it was her last appearance. So we're going to go into... I mean, and I, even when The Last Jedi came out, I sort of assumed that all three of the principals were going to die or play a smaller role in this. So, you know, I think Han Solo dying was a big uh, shock, but... Going into this, I was like, they better not kill off Luke Skywalker. And then they did. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see if he has a relationship with Rey the way that Obi-Wan did with, with Luke, him. In the, you know, which would make sense. Um, the biggest thing, you know, going back on it, because I had expectations of Qui-Gon Jinn doing that with, with uh, 
with Obi Wan. Obi Wan, especially because Yoda even mentioned something about it. Well, I think if hopefully if we see a is it Ewan McGregor? Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. If we see Ewan McGregor coming back as an Obi Wan standalone film, I, I I really hope that we see that you know mm-hmm. as Qui Gon training Obi mm-hmm. in the the deserts of Tatooine as a Force ghost. I think mm-hmm. that'd be. Yeah, and I mean, Liam Neeson's of the age now where he could play uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, although he wouldn't actually age because he's a Force yes, ghost. Force ghost. But, I mean, you, uh, Liam Neeson in 2018, 2019 doesn't look that much different than Liam Neeson in 1999. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and apparently there was originally a plan to have him in a scene in episode three but it got it, scheduling wise it didn't work out so they just didn't mm-hmm. do it um uh, they did a good i thought they did a good job of keeping yoda a secret uh from i had no idea that you i mean it didn't surprise me but i didn't know about it because i had i had um the last jedi ruined or uh the force awakens ruined for me beforehand mm-hmm. yep same for me but as soon as they did that shot where Luke's walking towards the tree. I was like, I bet you Yoda's going to be standing here. And then they pulled back and he yeah. was there. Um, how'd you feel about Rogue One? I I really liked Rogue One. I had a lot of reservations going into it. Um, just because it was the first standalone movie right. that you saw. Um, I mean, I really would have liked to see a bomb and spy. That would have been nice. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it was one of those stories that yes fans have been asking for for a while but we didn't really know what we were going to get and within let's see that movie was an hour and 45 minutes what's that like that rogue one no that's over two hours two hours so if you're going let's for giggles let's say it's two hours and 30 minutes you're already building connections to those characters and the end of it's oh what happened to them you know and unfortunately generosa dies everyone k2 dies Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those things that you don't really in other Star Wars movies, you don't get that shoulder soldier perspective. Sure, you know, and I think that's that's huge, and I think that's why these standalone movies are. I don't want to say they're separate because they still are in the same universe. Mm-hmm. However, I think that these are stories that we've been telling ourselves with books, with comics, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and now that only revels uh, the comic series that Marvel's been putting out and uh, Clone Wars and obviously the the movie universe. Those are the only thing that, that are canon. These standalone movies are basically are what going to or what are going to shape how younger generations of Star sure. Wars fans are going to see these characters. One of the things that I'm excited about is they're bringing there, and I and, and I imagine it's going to be minor, but there are two characters who were from the, the comics from years ago that were you know delegated to legends now um, that are going to be in Solo, which is Tag and Banks. Yep. Um, one of them is being played by one of the screenwriters, uh, not Jake Kasdan, but the other Kasdan, Sam Lawrence Kasdan's son, who co-wrote the script with him. But um, so that'll be interesting. I think it's going to be minor. And then there's the theory that they were the two stormtroopers in um, the Force Awakens who kind of backed away when uh, when Kylo Ren was destroying the control room. With yeah, his, yeah, I did um, read that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm interested to see if. If they're going to continue the tradition of having R2 and C-3PO in Solo because 
I don't know if we're going to actually see anything with the Rebel Alliance at that point, but it's ten years before Star Wars, so I don't know if the Rebel Alliance would even exist at this point. So, I think at some form we would see something. I mean, even if it's just like an image of the logo, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think that we're going to see any real storyline about it. You know, maybe just Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it is 10 years beforehand, and R2 and C3PO are still on Alderaan, so there's... Unless if we, for some reason, end up there, I don't think we'll we'll see that. Right. Because so far they've appeared in every Star Wars movie. This um, is true. Uh, they were even, you know, they had a small uh, shot in... Uh, Rogue One. There's also the. It's interesting because when the Last Jedi came out, because you know you know that there's there's a line that's been in every single Star Wars movie as well. The I've I've got a bad feeling yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people first time they saw the Last Jedi, uh, they're like, it's not in here. Ryan Johnson has like severed that tradition. But do you know where it is in the movie in the Last Jedi? Because you said you've seen I, it twice. I've seen it twice. Yeah. So at the very beginning when Poe is facing off with the Dreadnought. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. It's what, it's what, it's what BB-8 says. Yeah. So you don't actually hear it, but because the... I forget what Poe says, but then Leia says, I'm going to have to agree with the droid on this one. Yeah, it's more or less implied that that's right. what he says. Yeah. Well, apparently, because I didn't know this until later... Um, Bill Hader does the voice of BB-8. Yeah, I did know that. And he, but they, it's through a modulator. Yep, it's um, through a modulator through a, through an iPad actually. Right. But he actually did say, "I've got a bad feeling about it." This and you know, but uh, I mean, they could also because they they with Rogue One they threw in a bunch of fan service, which most of it I didn't have a problem with. But given the time frame, like they could actually, I mean, this is a long shot, but we could see an appearance by K2SO. In Solo sure. as an Imperial droid yeah, as an because Imperial. he was reprogrammed in Rogue One, but this is 10 years before Rogue One. So um, other than that, I mean, we could also see Saw Gerrera. I would I was actually just looking up that. Um, I mean, I so I watched Clone Wars from start to finish. I actually grew up when uh, the original Clone Wars is on with like the Samurai Jack style of animation. And uh, seeing Saw Gerrera as an old man kind of withered down like actually insane it was it was interesting because in the in the show he's just starting to build his alliance mm-hmm. you know like the, the radical alliance let's say and i think if we if we were to see any type of rebel alliance that's what we would see because right. he's more seedy you know his tactics and how he does things are a lot different than what we see or uh, anyone that's we we've come to know and love at this point you know so i think if we get any fan service, it would almost make sense to kind of play off the first season of Rebels or, like, the last season of Clone Wars where people are starting to understand that, like, this isn't going to end well for right, anybody. Right, Um The thing that I'm most curious about, and it, some people haven't noticed it, but people are starting to pick up on it. So, in the previews for Solo, we see, we see the Millennium Falcon. But it looks a little different. Yeah, the uh, that node space. Yeah, it's got the space. Which, um, from everything that I can tell, looking at like Lego sets, looking at you know toy sets, it looks like it's an escape mod. Yeah. So at some point, someone escapes the Falcon. 
my the, the most obvious answer is it's probably Lando. That's what I was thinking. Yep. But the other thing is maybe it's Kira. Um, I think that's how they're pronouncing it. The, the Amelia Clark's character. Yeah, Amelia yeah. Clark's character. Um, like maybe they jettison her to like save her or something. But obviously something happens to her because she's not in Han Solo's Yeah, life. she's not in the picture yeah. when we see him in, in I mean, obviously Chewbacca and him are the only, you know, hanging by each other. And, you know, because he and Chewbacca are partners again in Force Awakens. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they depict him meeting up with Chewbacca or if the, or if they're already thick as thieves when this movie opens. Well, if you look back at, at this point, it's legend, but Chewbacca is really only hanging out with him originally because of life debt. debt. Yeah. yeah, and I I don't think we're going to see that side of Han Solo because at one point he was an imperial pilot and right. he was an imperial was it an officer? Uh he was he was training to be an officer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we're going to see that. Yeah. You know. I also I mean I remember reading that legend a while ago that you know Wookiees honor life debt blah 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 but I I actually am glad that it's just legend now because I feel like that's sort of discrediting the friendship that they have over decades. Like, well, I, I think he, I agree, but I think at one point, like the life debt just became a friendship. Sure. You know, if you're around somebody long enough, not the Stockholm Syndrome, but if you're around someone long enough and you're doing all these adventures and you're running all these jobs, it's, at some point, Chewie's going to save Han's life. Mm. I mean, we see it multiple times. We see it in Legends, mm. we see it. Uh, just the way that Chewie like, pilots and I think that it's going to become a mutual respect and then from there it'll turn into a friendship because if you look at I think it's the third third uh, trailer we see Han asks or Chewie says something and Han's like 109 you look great mm-hmm. it kind of implies they've only known each other for right. God knows how, mm-hmm. a very short time which I think we're going to see some form of them meeting up, but I'm, I don't think it's going to be what you and I are, are yeah. accustomed to. I being. hope they don't bring Tarful, and I hope there's no other Wookiees in the movie. There, are, there is another Wookiee. Oh, in the really? Movie. Yeah, uh, they released a, a spot. I think it was like a week ago, and Chewie's hugging another Wookiee, mm. and I don't think it's Tarful, but it's at this point some unnamed Wookiee, which we'll find out in right. a month. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, have you ever? I, I know it's not available, but I don't know if you've ever got to see the Star Wars special. I have seen yeah, uh, the the holiday special. Yeah, um, with Itchy and all of them. Yeah, it'd yep. be funny if it was Itchy <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it it'll be interesting. Um, and this is the first one. I know that um, Peter Mayhew didn't play him at all. Didn't play Chewbacca at all in uh, the Last Jedi, but he was a consultant. Yeah. On it. This is the first Star Wars film with Chewbacca in it where Peter May, who had yeah, nothing, nothing to do with to it. Do with it. Um, yeah, and apparently he, the amount of time that he was in The Force Awakens was limited to. It was basically wherever, he, whenever he was sitting, uh, it was Peter May, who, whenever he was yeah, out and about doing stuff, awesome. somebody, that Junus, whatever... Well, did, was it you that posted something the other day that Peter Mayhew physically cannot play Chewbacca anymore? Yeah, yeah. He, he officially retired because of health issues. I guess his legs and his back are so bad. Yeah. So, and then, which is, I mean, first of all, he's in his 70s, but also he has, you know, 
a birth disorder, which is why he's so tall. And yeah. what's common with people with that, and, I, and unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the disorder off the top of my head, but um, it's very common with people for that to have severe pain in their yeah. extremities. Um, so, um, I mean, Andre the Giant had it as yep. well, but and a lot of people like. It's interesting when I I learned about it from the director's commentary on the Princess Bride when they're you've seen the Princess Bride in the scene. Oh yeah. So you know when they're going up the cliffs of insanity and he's got uh, a buttercup on his back and also and uh, um, uh, Inigo Montoya, like Andre the Giant's back was so bad they had to create a harness so none of their weight is actually it's actually on him. yeah it was yeah back. It's, yeah and he had to like lie down for like an hour after they would shoot that and it was like three days of shooting and it was just even though he's this enormous guy he's you yeah know, he's in a lot tremendous of pain. pain yeah yeah um i don't remember if that's what contributed to his death or not but like there was it was it was interesting uh on the the La- or the force awakens blu-ray some of the special features where uh they had a shot, which was Harrison Ford's last day of shooting, and afterwards, like he came over and Peter Mayhew, who was in full Chewbacca mm-hmm. uniform but didn't have the head on, and just gave him a hug, and it was just like, like that hit me harder than anything because I was like, that's the last time these two guys are going to be on screen playing these characters together yeah. ever, and I was like, wow, that's like that hit me more than actually seeing it in the movie. Um, yeah, so. Do you have any other thoughts about the um, we're at we're at a little over a half an hour right yeah. now? I mean, just kind of jumping back to a to a last Jedi. I mean, it, it's interesting to see, kind of from a marketing aspect, how they marketed this movie. I mean, if you look at like the uh, the movie cutouts that you see at theaters, Luke wasn't in the middle. He was he wasn't in the dark side or the the light side. He was in the middle. You know, and it's one of those things. It's like. They played this movie to kind of base it out where, oh, well, maybe Luke's turned to the gray Jedi, maybe mm-hmm. Ray's going to be a gray, like, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, it's just... I'm not, I'm not trying to proprietor, like, push fan service whatsoever. I, like, I give Last Jedi a lot of crap, but at the end of the day, it is a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it again. I own it. You know, it's sitting mm-hmm. up. To be honest, I'll probably watch it when I go home. But, you know, I, I think... There's a lot of speculation in just at this point because it's not George Lucas directing it. You know, Disney has taken over, and a lot of people are giving Disney, for lack of a better term, crap for the way they're pursuing these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the Force more recognized as a religion. Uh, people that are praying to the Force that aren't don't have a high metachlorian count, aren't uh, aren't Force sensitive or anything like that, and I think that's. As much as people are hating on it and giving it a lot of flack, I think it's important to see other people's perspective from this universe. I'm glad that we're not going to see any more Skywalker traits. You know, I, I think it's important that we kind of see what else is going on. Mm-hmm. Is, yes, we have Ben. However, Ben is a solo. He's only half Skywalker, and he's not technically a Sith. He is the Knight of Ren. He's the leader of the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of excited to see in Episode Nine whether or not we see anything more of that. The biggest thing that I wondered was... I was wondering if the Praetorian Guard were the Knights of Ren or not. 
Yeah, I, I had the same thought too. Um, the only thing I wouldn't that I was a little fuzzy on was why would they? Yes, Snoke is Ben's master, like his mentor and his master. Right. But why would they go against Kylo sure. in that aspect? But I also wondered. I mean, because it's sort of assumed when when Luke is talking about what happened with Ben Solo uh, that he's like, when he's talking about leaving the Jedi Temple, he's like a few students left with him. The rest, they killed and then burned it. Yeah. To, I'm assuming the ones that left with him became the Knights of Ren. Oh, yeah. Um, so if the Praetorian Guard aren't them, then what happened to the Knights of Ren? And also why at that point... Why, you know, even though he's Snoke's apprentice, why does he have, like, a whole group of followers underneath him other than they went with him? And, you know, obviously he's strong in the Force. True, so, true. Um, I don't know if that's going to be addressed at all in the next one or if that was sort of like... Because I wonder if J.J. Abrams had a whole different plan for the story and, has like, there are only certain things he can steer back towards in one movie, you know, or if... Or if some, because I know some of the stuff that Ryan Johnson did was not what he had planned at all, and then, but then some of it might be. So yeah, know. I mean, I guess we'll find out uh, when episode nine is released. Yeah. So, you have May the fourth coming up soon, yeah. and I, I, I don't think we'll really see anything related to episode nine. Maybe we'll get a title. Right. You know that would be cool, but uh, I don't. Even then, you know, it's I don't think they're gonna start hyping up. Really promoting this movie when you have Solo coming out, right? Well, a that, few that's weeks the thing. Later. They're very much, uh, they're very much, uh, you know, because my, my buddy Greg, who I did a bunch of the, uh, we did this whole cinematic adventures trip before. You know, whenever there was a Star Wars movie eminent that year, he'd be like, "We don't have a title yet," and I'm like, "They're still in the." you know the yeah. advertising the marketing cycle for the last one they don't cross over they basically let that movie happen because they don't want to confuse people um, which was definitely a thing a lot of people were confused with Rogue One people oh, yeah. who were casual Star Wars fans or just know there's a Star Wars movie and they're like how come the characters that were just in the last one were in this one because yep. like it, it takes place at this point and I mean <laughs> I do explain it to a few friends who have seen all the other ones I'm like no it takes place Right before A New Hope, yeah, um, which is funny. I've had a—I uh, don't know if you're a part of this. I think I added it to it. Just Jedi memes. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of people who, at first, you think they're joking, and you realize very quickly that they're serious. Oh well, we hope Chewbacca doesn't die in this movie. And going back to Rogue One, it's well, why did they all have to die? Like, what happened to K two? Like, well, it's like oh. I, I remember <laughs> after getting out of Rogue One seeing a bunch of people be like, I can't believe they all died. I'm like, really? Did you not pay attention to me? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I was fully expecting going into it that they were all going to die. Oh, yeah. They all died. I mean, they said in A New Hope that oh, I it was like 10 Bonten spies died getting mm-hmm. this these yeah. plans. Yeah. You know, granted, we don't actually know what a Bonten is, but, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's laid out years and years beforehand. Yeah. And so we knew it was going to happen. It's just... I think it's funny. One of the things that is interesting. So with Star Wars, the original trilogy, there's so much dialogue that I think was just gobbledygook that George Lucas wrote on the spot that has now been taken as gospel. And like, because the whole thing about uh, 
the Millennium Falcon, it's the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. That when Harrison Ford said that, and when George Lucas wrote it, that didn't mean anything. No, it didn't mean it a just thing. sounded yeah. like something. It sounded it was a science fictiony sounding yep. phrase that said, "Oh, well, this ship is impressive. It did something <laughs> that we don't know about. Yeah, we but don't know clearly in this he's universe, bragging yeah. about it." And because I'm pretty sure, or I'm pretty positive, we're going to see that depicted in this yeah. movie because there's like a bunch of Kessel guards and stuff like that. And I'm like. I don't know, like, I, I've had different things in my head growing up about what that meant, but I also, at the end of the day, didn't really matter. Like, even watching the original trilogy, when Obi-Wan Kenobi is making reference to the Clone Wars, I had a totally different picture in my head for the than what we see in the, yeah. in the TV series. Like, I assumed it was some sort of clone uprising whatever um yeah you know. i kind of thought of it more as like a uh, like a civil war type of revolution yeah that's, that's, that's exactly think. what i thought it was which is not what it is no at all. no but it's funny coming from your generation of going to see the, the original trilogy in theaters and then to mine you know i obviously saw the re-releases granted there were edits prepping you for the new trilogy mm-hmm. So when I saw, I remember going to see Clone Wars in, in theaters with uh, my mom and I'm pretty sure like two of my cousins. Oh, the standalone yeah. Clone Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, and I remember seeing that. No, not the not the standalone, uh, the next trilogy, the oh, prequels. Okay. The prequels. Um, I remember seeing that and being so confused, you know, because at that point I was seven, seven mm-hmm. or eight, uh, and I was very confused that this isn't what I had in my head. And obviously, anyone that. Right. I was friends with we all thought something else was going to happen and then watching the Clone Wars series come out like the original one and being introduced to Grievous and being introduced to the idea that there aren't just Siths that there's like Inquisitors and other right. other uh, dark side users and I think that's kind of what makes this, this universe so rich is because there are different for each gener- generation there's different ways of getting into it yeah. for you guys you had your comics you had the books you know and then for me, you had two separate series of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And the first one with the hand-drawn animation to the 3D rendering are two completely different things. For sure. And it, it's interesting to see where they're taking the series now and where this universe is going now. Because after this trilogy, we still have another three that Rian Johnson's doing. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see where, where and we And there's a the live-action show that yeah, the, that's the guys right. from Game of Thrones are doing. So. That's right. I mean, it, there's literally endless possibilities. Um, I mean, and it's funny because I know at least the the new trilogy that Ryan Johnson's going to do is not. It takes place in the same universe, but apparently there's going to be no crossover with characters, um, which is fine. But I also like the there's so many characters in the Star Wars universe who could be given their own spotlight in oh, an individual yeah. film. That I mean. And I'm far more interested in the sort of secondary and tertiary characters rather than, like, I mean, I don't, I, yes, I'm going to go see it, but I, I I don't need a Han Solo movie. I'd much rather see a Lando Calrissian movie oh, yeah. with Han and Chewie popping up for a little bit of it, you know. I mean, I would, uh, to be honest, I, my, my favorite bounty hunter in the entire universe isn't Boss, isn't Bob Boba Fett, it's, uh, it's Cad Bane. Um, 
Which one is that? I'm he's uh, he kind of looks like the space cowboy. Oh yeah, 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 you for know, sure. With the big eyes. Yeah, and, like, he's just a complete and utter badass, and he is feared amongst Jedi. You know, because he's vicious, he's diligent, and he's kind of what we perceive Boba as. Mm. But he's not thrown into a Sarlacc pit. You know, and there's not mm. that speculation as oh, is he dead? Is he not dead? I mean, at this point, he's old. You know, he's, he's probably not going to pop up in Han Solo. If he does, that'd be awesome. I doubt it. But uh, if we see characters like that, like if we saw a Saga Rare movie right. or something, even with him as more of a primary character than we do in Rogue One, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, I'd be very okay with that. I um, I feel like, because I think, I mean, because there's that picture of uh, uh, Paul Bettany from Solo standing with the Mandalorian armor hanging behind him. Yeah. And I don't think it's his armor, but I could be wrong. Um, so there is the possibility that Boba Fett will pop up in Solo, but it, it would seem kind of silly because I don't think Boba Fett had, has like a decades-long vendetta. I mean, Boba Fett's a bounty hunter. Yeah. If, if he... So if it's more than 10 years that he's been hunting Han Solo, then he's a shitty bounty hunter because it took him 10 years exactly. to find him. And also, like, I don't think I, I don't think Han Solo would have survived 10 years of being, being, hunted. being yeah. hunted by Jabba the Hutt. And because, you know, he wasn't aggressively being hunted until around the time of A New Hope. When you know Greedo encounters him in there, you know, and then in the special edition of it, they you see he talks to Jabba and Boba Fett's there, standing there, yeah, um, yeah. But it's you know, obviously, if they wanted him dead, they would have killed him right then yeah. and there. So it, it it basically escalated because I think I think Han's like, look, I'm getting your money, I'll have it to you, and then yeah, the, the rest of the, yeah. well, yeah, and I don't think he was trying to blow him off, but. The events of Star Wars happened, and then he, you know he was off doing that. So, it, 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 I think it'll be a little bit cheesy if, if Boba Fett does show up, I, unless it's a yeah, unless they just encounter bounty hunters and oh, here's this guy. Well, I think it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see how they play off the Mandalore armor. Yeah, um, just because. Boba Fett technically isn't Mandalorian. Right. You know, his father was Jango, well, his, his clone clone father was, Jango was, but, you know, up until, and now none of this is technically canon, so he, he never really became a Mandalorian. Right. So if we do see him, I think it's going to be more of a, him trying to get into the good graces of the Mandalorian. Is there any? Do they explore the Mandalorian like storyline in the Clone Wars? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, uh, I, if you have if you haven't seen it, I definitely no. definitely recommend it. I mean, Obi Wan. So hard for me to get into it. It just because I, I think I've seen most of the first season of okay. of the newer ones. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's so slow moving. But my friend Marty, who you know I, I grew up with, and he's just like, no, no, no you, you definitely get some more information. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, we see. My my favorite character, uh, not Bounty, all time favorite character of Star Wars is Darth Maul. That was the first Sith that I saw in theaters that I vividly remember, and uh, you see how he progresses through because he's not dead after Episode One, but uh, you see how he progresses. Which again, I think was 
I think when George Lucas killed, like had him cut in half, it was a that was absolutely he was planning on killing. Yeah, him. and then yeah. became a, a fan favorite. But it was cool to see his story arc kind of unfold. Then in Rebels, you see how it ends. But back jumping back to Mandalore, you see the planet, and it's very much at that point a military planet. Um, where all of these bounty hunters are essentially exiled and this monarchy is brought in. And it shows how people like Django lived and how they kind of thrived right. and became this these feared bounty hunters right. or how they were originally these feared bounty hunters, which leads you into Solo and seeing this armor. It's like, oh, wow, that's that's not good. Right. You know? Now my question is, so the, you know, the... The Bantha skull, the the logo that Boa Fett has on his shoulder, you know that that yeah, um, is that specifically for Boa Fett or is that it's Mandalorian? it's a Mandalorian? Okay. Um, there's a couple of variations depending on where you fall within the ranks, but for the most part, that is that is what you see. Um, because I don't know if you noticed it in the Force Awakens, but when they're going into Mos's yeah, the castle, flag. there's a Mandalorian yep. flag hanging there. Yep. So I was just like. I don't know if that was sort of like a fan service thing, like indicating like you no know, Boba Fett's still alive, yeah. or no. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much just a, a Mandalorian I tag. Gotcha. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I definitely recommend seeing it. You see, uh, Obi Wan kind of have more of a uh, without ruining it, more of a, a humanitarian or humanity humanity to him. You know, he's not just a Jedi who right. follows orders and right. does whatever the General Council says. Like he. To a point, he is kind of Anakin. That's why the two get along so right, well. Right, right, right. But uh, it's yeah, cool. Star Wars man. <laughs> well, cool. I'm sure we'll we'll pick this conversation up in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Thanks for, for, you, for, for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>